Hey y'all, I'm Tara Shaver with AARP's Office of Volunteer Engagement. And today on The Roost, we're speaking with Deborah Turner. Deborah, welcome to The Roost. Tara, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here today. Well, I am so glad that you are our first guest back after quite a hiatus, thanks to COVID-19. And really excited that we're talking about the 360 Volunteer Engagement Exchange today. So before we get into that, tell everyone who's listening or watching us on YouTube all about yourself. Okay, well, there's not a lot to tell. Uh, I've been retired for 12 years now, and all of that time I've been serving as a volunteer for AARP. I started out volunteering in Kentucky as an issue specialist and moved on to the volunteer facilitation and training team nationally. Since that time, I've been on the volunteer facilitation training team. I'm a digital fraud fighter. I'm a lifelong learning ambassador in Kentucky, as well as a friendly voice on the, um, the call line for AARP. Excited to stay busy. Yes, I always say you guys have busier calendars at, in retirement than, <laughs> than I think you had when you were working and I love it because it all sounds like really good stuff to be, to be doing, not, uh, not spending, well, these days you are spending a lot of time on Zoom, aren't you? <laughs> we can't even say that anymore. No. Well, <laughs> well, Deborah, tell me a little bit about the exchange. What is it and, uh, and, and yeah, what is it? Okay, the exchange was something that it wasn't called that at the beginning. The really long descriptive name for it is the 360 degree volunteer engagement idea exchange. And one of the members on the original planning team said, we need to make that shorter. How about the exchange? And that has stuck. Uh, a planning team of uh, of people who were ASD staff at the time, came up to, I think, OVE and said, listen, we need a few more opportunities to talk about the kinds of ideas that are gonna help us expand our engagement with volunteers. We don't get enough chances to talk about that and find out who's doing the really good work on the ground and things that we could replicate. Yeah, I remember that happening because one of the states that had inquired, Megan Redman up in Minnesota is one of my folks who uh, was pretty new to the organization and she was asking specifically for that connection to try to get to learn, you know, more about the work, of course, that was happening across the country, but oftentimes they're working within their own region and they don't necessarily um, get the access to people across the country who may be doing work similar to theirs or in positions similar to theirs. So um, it's really cool to see how far this has come uh, in such a short period of time. So um, tell us a little bit about where the topics and the ideas come from um, for this and, and you know, how do you develop the, the content in the calendar? Okay, well, this is our second year of having the exchange. We started in January of 2019 with a, what we call a soft launch, sounds like something you do in a football game or something, but uh, we had a soft launch at that point. And the audience was intended to be staff of AARP to share. 
But over time, we've developed into something that includes volunteers as well. Uh, those people who see themselves as lead volunteers who have something that they want to share and learn um, from as well. So we've come up with topics. Originally, the, what I mentioned as a planning team said, okay, these are the kinds of things we, we, we have questions about, and we never get full answers. And I went back to something called uh, the uh, AOVE list of, um, what do we want to call it? Volunteer engagement cycle. That was it. And I found this, and it's apparently something that's been out there for years, but we've not had a chance to explore it. And when I brought it up in one of our first planning discussions, before we actually got to the exchange, people said, I, it's not what I want to do to read a 46-page document and to find that one nugget, that one golden egg, that one particular item that will help me go, aha, this is what I'm going to do. So the intent of the exchange has been to kind of summarize that document and bring it down to its, its critical points. In that first year, it was very broad. The topics were very broad. We talked about things like uh, volunteer leaders without saying anything else about it. Orientation, that's it. There are eight topics in the cycle of um, the OVE uh, engagement cycle. And we have covered all of those. And, and now in 2020, we're covering things that are much more in depth. And we're responding, I think, to what our situation is. And that's what happened, I think, last month when we had our, our April meeting. We talked about living in a virtual world and how do we engage people. It was one of our most productive, free-flowing, and people wanted to make it longer than the time was scheduled. So, Yeah, that is um, the great thing about these um, and the flexibility also that you have to be responsive to really what's going on in the moment. And um, I know that I've received such great feedback from folks who've participated and, and I know participation varies. There are some folks who are there every month and others who, you know, just join or maybe invite a colleague in when the topic is really relevant to what they're working on. So um, remind me, when are these calls scheduled? These calls are always scheduled for the second Wednesday of every month. And they're held, which was something that, you know, sometimes ideas come to you in the middle of the night. And this one came to me when I said, we're gonna try to hold this one at 2.05 in the afternoon. And it's only gonna run for 45 minutes. And we're gonna do that because people get so tied up to meetings at 12 and one and three, and there's no time in between. And we wanted to make sure that there was time for people to go, ah, take a breath, get a drink of water, do whatever is necessary. And then, you know, before their next meeting, so they don't feel like they've got to cut off and they don't have to come in and feel like they've missed something. So we use the exact same uh, Zoom join in. We've used the same one since day one. 
and that information is sent out in advance so people can share. Um, and I just want to remind folks who are listening that you're a volunteer and that you do all that scheduling and all the communication to folks and um, and it's beautiful. It is what I aspire to do in my communications about our regular meetings um, and it is really well organized. Also, like you said, you're, you guys amaze me, including the participants with their sharing and how much the group is kind of um, has set into their own routine and their own norms that you are like spot on. Like, even if people want to have more to say, everyone's happy, you know, at the end, like, okay, we'll see you next month. It's not, nobody's dragging it out for the next hour and a half just because the conversation was going, you know, or you're very respectful of that timeline. And um, it's amazing how quickly people are sharing and coming prepared to share or to ask their questions of others, you know. It's a really, it's, it's a really great, um, it's a great thing that y'all have created. So well done. <laughs> um, so what happens when folks are in there? We've talked about a couple of the topics, like really, you know, what does happen when they're in there and if someone misses it, where do they find the information or if something shared during the call, you know, do they just have to download it themselves or what, what happens with all the good stuff that's brought to the table during the exchange? <laughs> Well, one of the things that we try to make sure happens is that we we announce what the topics are in advance. We let people know the questions, the overriding questions that are going to be discussed. And we don't really guide where that discussion is going to go. Uh, we do uh, have leaders from both a volunteer perspective and a staff perspective to talk about things that are going on in their situations briefly uh, that are relevant to the topic. And then the discussion goes off on those questions. As people make suggestions about, I've seen this particular document or we've tried something. And what we've found is that we can use the volunteer portal as something that people can get to both staff and volunteers. And staff can get it by actually going outside the wall and reaching it that way. But it still makes it possible for people to easily share. And what we're using is the group chatter. There is something called the exchange on the group chatter. And I was checking it again just recently. And there are more than a hundred different documents, emails, samples of brochures, samples of newsletters, e-newsletters, things that have been changed. How do you get virtual attendance at an open house? We've got information on that. How do you uh, determine what's a good uh, event for your volunteers? How do they do that? You know, there's a bullseye guide that's out there. There's a self-assessment form for volunteers to use to determine what, what they want to do when they're involved in your organization. There's so much out there and those are all set aside. The great thing with the new uh, setup of the portal, you don't have to go to every month. We've got the recordings for the, uh, the exchange and the chat log are put out two days after each meeting. 
So you can listen to that. It's your convenience. You can skim through it and you can look at the chat log to get an idea about some of the questions and some of the comments that were made. But for each of those months, there are topics and items that people said, okay, I can send this. And we put it into the chatter and it's available to download. Some are one page, found something that's 13 pages out there. In addition, we've got, um, thanks to Connecticut, 22 videos uh, that have been produced by Connecticut State Office to emphasize various activities that are going on with their volunteers. And it's become something that people are, are just amazed that you can do and you can copy. So all of that's out there. Uh, that is amazing and it really has been um, the neatest share time. I think every time I join, I'm just amazed at not only the efficiency of folks throwing stuff in chat and knowing that it's going to be available to them later, which relieves a lot of the stress of participation, right? You know that right. you can download that chat log and it's all there. You don't have to be taking notes and trying to listen and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but also just that uh, the sharing of some of those resources that if you tried to find them in any other way would be almost impossible because there's just so much stuff out there. Or again, you might not even connect with Connecticut in your normal life, but right. to know that they've done those videos, thanks for the reminder. It's ended up on a post-it note here so that I can go <laughs> dig those up um, and check them out. It's just amazing. So um, tell me what you guys have on the docket for the rest of the year. What are we looking at? Well, needless to say, but I'm going to say it anyway, we've spent uh, the last two months actually talking about how we're going to respond and how to make sure that volunteers are excited and engaged going forward in a virtual world. Now, all of the topics and parts of the volunteer engagement cycle that have been identified by OVE over time are still valid. It just means that we may change our approach slightly and the people who have been sharing very creative ways that they're doing that. Uh, the May uh, engagement, or the exchange, was about virtual platforms. And I think in that session, if you listen to the recording, you'll hear uh, platforms and people being very creative in how they're taping and making other, um, con uh, they're making other connections with their volunteers. Going forward in June, we're talking about increasing volunteer-led events. And that is something that I think everyone is realizing to get things done and to get it done in, in the way in which we need to, you've got to involve your volunteers and allow them to lead. And we're going to talk about that in June. And then in July, is always a time that we do two things. We, we have a topic, we're going to be evaluating our current volunteer efforts, but then we're also going to take some time to ask members or people who've joined the exchange on that conversation, have the past six months been useful? And here are the topics that are coming up over the next months. 
anything need to be changed, any approach to that. So we, we do a mid-year review in June, and then we do a uh, year-end review in December to make sure it, it all still makes sense. Yeah, it's excellent and excellent modeling for all the ways that we plan stuff out and sometimes forget to revisit it until it's all over. So really good suggestion to stop at that midpoint and reevaluate. I'm also so curious to hear these how these conversations continue to evolve about volunteer-led in the virtual world. Because as you know, we've heard the whole spectrum of some folks who say, our volunteers are ready to go and we just need to be able to get in there and get it done. And others who are saying, this has to be staff led and, and volunteers aren't ready and our volunteers won't do it. And, you know, we've heard everything in between. So I'm so curious to hear these conversations once we'll get a chance to really step into some of the technology that we have access to um, and, and to try it out and see how it goes. Like you said, bringing the volunteers into the conversation early is the only way to do it if you want people to embrace it and uh, and to, you know, learn as you go. And, um, and as you know, I was just relying on you earlier to give me some tips about, you know, that perspective of some of the technologies that we use. It's a totally different experience from the volunteer perspective. Um, and sometimes it's easier and sometimes it's not. So right. <laughs> those are right. things you need to identify early on. Well, Deborah, this has been so great, and I hope that folks who are listening who haven't had the opportunity to check out um, the exchange yet will do that and join one of the conversations or for sure dig up some of those files on the volunteer portal, check out that chatter thread and see what kind of good stuff is there. Is there anything we haven't talked about today that you want to um, want to bring up before we wrap? No, I really can't think of anything. Um, as I did say, the the join ID, if someone joins on Zoom and wants to share that, it's the same all the time. Yeah. And um, you can look at it at the top of the, um, the list of topics. That's also posted out on the portal. You do not have to be a member of the chatter group to take advantage of the uh, materials that are there, but feel free to sign up as a member if you wish, but it is all publicly available to anyone. If you can get into the portal, you can get to this group. It's That's, called The Exchange. That okay. is so great. And the folders are also available to anyone? No, no special Everyone, access? No official access is required even more refreshing. That is so good to hear. Well, Deborah, it has been so fun and I'm, it was long overdue, but I'm glad you're my first person on when we're back from, uh, from our little break and look forward to getting this out for folks to listen to and hopefully we'll have a big turnout on next month's exchange. So right. thank you guys for listening or for watching and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye.